Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Council. My name is Matthew Lee. And I'm Vivek Dutta. We're coming at you live from Berkeley once again. This is our first podcast of the new year. Matthew, how have you been? I've been good. I've been good. Um, you know what hasn't been good? What? The Lakers. Oh, of course. Oh, my God. Where do we even start with this team, honestly? You know, like, what? like first of all, I would say, like, Lakers fans should have been expecting something more, right? I mean, like... Compared to the past five years, it's not yeah. really that bad compared to the last five years, right? But they have literally the greatest player on earth right now. Yeah, allegedly. Claim like he's right the now. GOAT too, like the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Like this guy's supposed to be better than Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, right? Exactly. There. And look at what he's done this year. And what exactly has he done? Lead his team to miss the playoffs. Is that what you want from the greatest player of all time? For Michael me, Jordan I don't really think so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think they're like right now the 11th seed, I think, in the West right now. I think they're teetering towards like even worse right How now. How many games they, back are They've been they? losing. They've been losing a lot. Like what? Since LeBron said after the All-Star break, he's like, I'm activating playoff mode, LeBron, right? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh man, the Raptors oh, are everyone's so Everyone's going to be like, oh, I'm like, so everyone's scared. done. But nope, I think they're like two and five since. And basically like, ah, what's going on, man? The teams they lost to, too, for like some retrospective. Exactly. The but, Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies, who are actively tanking, who traded away Marcus Gasol, their franchise cornerstone. Yes. Second, uh, let's just even go to it right now. The Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns. Oh. The team that's probably going to get Zion Williamson, for all we know. The team that has Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and basically a bunch of random G League players. Yes. Probably one of the worst rosters in the NBA right now. Also actively tanking. Pretty yes. much. And yet, the Lakers tried their damn hardest and still lost. Now, I want to question you about that. Sure. Because a lot of video evidence has been pointed towards me lately about uh-huh. LeBron's actual lack of effort, right? Right. He has been, and I don't know if you've seen the tapes at all, but he's <laughs> been coasting on defense. Have you seen that like viral video so far of Kyle Kuzma just pushing yeah. LeBron to play defense? Yeah. That's the kind of like, and we've seen that so far like throughout the years, like LeBron's been coasting on defense. He's getting old, we get it. <laughs> but guess who else is old? Andre Iguodala. All he does is play defense. You need to play defense in the NBA, especially when you're supposed to be the alleged GOAT. You have to play defense. You have to do everything, especially on a struggling Lakers team. You know, when you're LeBron James, you're supposed to set the tone for your team. Exactly. You're the guy that was moved from Cleveland to LA to basically be the star of the Lakers, supposedly. I personally believe that LeBron himself came to LA to chase Michael B. Jordan instead of Michael Jordan Ooh. as my boy Skip Bayless said. But that's besides the point. Ooh. Basketball perspective only, right? Okay. As we're going on. Sure. We want Michael, we want basically LeBron James to essentially be the guy that follows suit to a leader. The guy that sets a tone for the team. The guy that basically picks up his players and basically says, here's what we need to be doing. I want us to go to the playoffs. I want us to be a good team. Mm-hmm. Injury or not, like I completely get the Lakers exactly. report the, the in the West injury, before yeah. the injury. I still want LeBron to be there. I, I still want that, LeBron yeah, to I think that was a fluke, honestly, because I feel like that was kind of a fluke. They just faced a lot of easy teams. I get yeah. that they beat the Warriors on Christmas Day. That was supposed to be their defining win. Right. That's the only win of the season that actually stood out to me. All that has been standing out to me has been LeBron missing critical free throws at the mm-hmm. last seconds of the game. He throws passes off the backboards and they fall out of bounds. Yeah. And he just doesn't give a crap about it. 
it's just a lack of effort. I don't care if he's injured right now. If he's injured, he's injured. But you gotta set a better example other than just snidely saying, oh, my players are so great, and then trying to secretly trade him for AD. Mm -hmm. You can't just keep doing that. You can't keep subverting your teammates behind your back. It's not what a leader does. Absolutely. And I think you bring up a really good point with the free throw shooting because that's what I wanted to talk about next. Exactly. I feel like LeBron James right now, he should be doing more for his team in terms of setting the tone, like I was saying before. But even beyond that, I feel like the team itself right now just isn't really buying into the system. And I think that's for a couple of reasons. A, the roster itself is poorly constructed. We saw that LeBron James, according to Ramona Shelburne, was actually telling Luke Walton and also Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka more specifically, that he wanted a team full of gritty veterans who were able to play make because he thought that the beating the Warriors wasn't about out shooting them, it was about making more plays than them. I mean, but look at all the bronze <laughs> teams that made it to the finals, right? They were all consisted of two very good ISO players at least two of them. You have a third complimentary star, yes. and you have a bunch of veterans who only do two things, three and D. Three now look D. at this Look at this team right now, basically. We have Rajon Rondo. If you oh, watch the, Memphis, if you watch the oh. Milwaukee Bucks game, they basically gave him like at least five or six open threes. They literally sagged off and forced him to shoot the ball and basically make him go into a cold slump. We all know that Rondo isn't a good three-point shooter. We all know his struggling wells, right? Javel McGee is also a pretty good player. As a Warriors fan, I am pretty biased towards him, but I'll even admit that his defense is much to be desired too. And while he has got an offense, he isn't the game changer that can be the second fiddle to LeBron James. And look at the final thing, right? The, all of the trade fiascos, and there's gonna be two of them. We all know about the AD thing, right? Yes, How completely destroyed and eviscerated the chemistry of all of the young players too. Look at what Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma had to go through. And look at the body language between Kyle Kuzma and LeBron James specifically. They even aren't that much on good terms anymore. They really even talk to each other. Like this is speculation at that point, but from what it seems, there definitely has been some strain on the court. There definitely have been issues. And why but, wouldn't there be? Why wouldn't exactly. there be? Like, but the second thing, right? The second thing, Matthew, is the fact that the Lakers made very, very hasty moves in the trade deadline. I do agree with the Reggie Bullock acquisition. I think he's a pretty good shooter. He's the type of guy that they need, but he's also it's too little too late. He's a really, really good three-point shooter. He's pretty good at defense too, but you can't only just make it to the playoffs off one guy. Reggie Bullock's a great complimentary piece, but he isn't the game changer. But the second thing that I want to talk about is, is Ivica Zubats. That was probably the worst trade in the entire trade deadline. I don't know what the heck Magic Johnson was thinking, but oh my god. He traded Ibiza Zubats, a guy that I'll even admit is a Warriors fan, was basically half the reason why we lost to them on Christmas Day. He destroyed us. He destroyed us. He completely us. destroyed us. We literally had no match to really combat against him because we only had Kevon Looney at that time. And even she wasn't enough to defeat Zubats' good skills around the basket. And basically, the Lakers have a very, very bad big band rotation. Tyson Chandler and Javiel McGee is not going to cut it. And that too, what are you even getting out of return for Ibiza Zubats, right? You're getting Mike freaking Muscala. Yeah. Like, this is a guy that many, many players in the league have probably done better than. He isn't going to be the game changer. He's nowhere as damn close as a viable player as Ibiza Zubats. He is a shooter, of course, but... Is he a good shooter? I don't know. I don't think so because he looks like trash ever since he's gotten to LA or just moved just from the Clippers to the Lakers. Um, basically, we just seen, we basically saw that, and I kind of figured that LeBron wanted 
um, these trade like these moves all along. We all kind of know like LeBron's always working behind the scenes. He's the lead GM. He's the lead coach. He's always everyone in the organization. He's the mouthpiece basically. He's gonna be the one. If he wants it, he's gonna get it. And basically, he wanted Rondo. He wanted McGee. He wanted Lance Stevenson for some reason. And he's been okay so far. I'm like, that's a good move. I think. I he's think been that's a bit on and off, but he's, he's had some good yeah, moments for sure. Moment, Always, but <laughs> like, and then um, he also wanted Michael Beasley, and that's right. the biggest thing, right? He want. I'm pretty sure Michael Beasley disrespected Coach Walton. I, there was a report earlier, mm-hmm. um, right around the Warriors thrashing the Lakers. I think around MLK Day that okay. Beasley called, kept calling Luke Walton like, "Hey, bro, why won't you give him more minutes, bro? Why won't you do this, bro?" And uh, I kind of feel like, and I kind of feel what Luke Walton's feeling, right? That's disrespectful as hell, right? That doesn't make any like, and that's why they had to trade Beasley to the Clippers. Yeah. For Mike Muscala, which, by the way, it's just like, okay, why? Why don't you just like, if you wanted to get rid of Michael Beasley that badly, why don't you just release him? him? Or yeah, buy him out. Basically, it's not like the Clippers wanted him or anything because they they did exactly what the Lakers did. They just bought him out. But then they offered Zubac on top of it. It's like, oh, hey, if you give us this, if you take this on this, like, Michael Beasley deal, we'll give you Ibiza Zubac, the guy, you know, the young prospective center, while we have just a bunch of old crap back there, right? And then they're just like, oh, yeah, of course. Jerry West is going to be like, are you kidding me? Yeah, of course. So basically, we're going to get a young player and we're just going to get rid of Michael Beasley. And you're going to take away Mike Muscala from us? Yes. Like, literally, it's a win-win-win on all counts for Jerry West and the for Clippers. West, yes. I don't know what Magic Johnson and Rob Plinko were thinking with that one. I, I heard sense. reports that basically they thought that they weren't able to re-sign Ibiza. But if you have a guy like that, why wouldn't you re-sign him in the first place? He could still be the guy that could at least be maybe a very good complimentary piece, someone who can contribute. I mean, you need a big man on the roster. Zubats was definitely the biggest one. And the Lakers are all of a sudden complaining or worried that they wouldn't be able to make the playoffs. If they basically have no big man, how can he even make the playoffs in the first place? Exactly. You're going to get exposed every single time from the interior. Yep, yep, yep. There are no Warriors. They can't play small ball. Exactly. And actually, speaking about the Lakers' play style, basically, it's just... NBA 2K all over again, if we're being honest. They just push for fast breaks, they keep on trying to get the ball to the open person, and essentially they just try and go for the open layup and play at a very, very fast pace. If we saw early on in the season, they basically try to play at the fastest pace in the league, but even if you go like further and further than that, they try to hide their flaws in shooting, but as the NBA has evolved these days, with the Warriors setting the tone, it it just can't work like that. I mean, on a more general note and from a more like nuanced perspective, you can appreciate them trying to be uh, uh, going a bit against the grain in terms of how they construct a roster. Yeah. But so everyone had their doubts in the first place. And I feel like also people were giving the, the Lakers credit way more than it was due for when they were hot and they were the fourth seed. Mm-hmm. Because A, the Grizzlies were around the first or fourth seed by the time that the Lakers were the fourth too. Like they were up there, the Clippers were up there too. Yeah. But second of all, and even beyond that, it's just a place now that doesn't conduce itself to more wins in the long run because teams play tighter defense. They are willing to chase out after fast picks more. They're willing to shoot more too. And they're willing to do more ball movement. And a regular season game where you go all out isn't really the best idea. And they're going to tire themselves out, especially with the 34-year-old LeBron James. Exactly. And again, I'd just like, do you, first of all, do you think that's an indictment on Coach Walton in general? 
you know, that's a really good question, right? Because when Coach Walton was brought in like a year or maybe, was it a year ago at this point? Or I think it was like ago? two years ago. I think yeah. he left right after KD signed, so it's been about two years, right? Sometime around that. Yeah. I know that with Coach Walton, the entire idea was that he could develop the younger players, get them playing the right way of ball, mm-hmm. you know, developing and, you know, creating growth within them. And I feel like when LeBron came, that entire timeline just became super accelerated. And at that point, it was really hard for them to control the roster. I think it's really analogous to David Blatt and the Cavaliers too. Exactly. He was brought in to kind of, you know, bring up Kyrie Irving and Dion Waiters. And let's not forget they had the number one pick that year. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins, and Andrew but, Wiggins. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't end up very well anyway. But yeah, that, that's he a... was supposed to mentor the young staff, right? He was going to have a young core, basically. Right, exactly. He also had Tristan Thompson, who is, I guess, relatively young as well. And um, yeah, he was the fourth pick in 2011, the yeah. senior that Kyrie got drafted. So there was a pretty young core that they were developing. But when LeBron James says, I want to come back, yes. then really all bets are off, right? You're exactly. completely in the hot seat. You're basically probably the most scrutinized franchise in like sports and it's not just because lebron is there it's because lebron is there and he's gonna make you the most scrutinized franchise because this is the lebron method and we've seen this now once twice now a third time in la basically he just goes to the place that um he wants to go tries to fill it up with as many superstars as he can tampering be damned apparently and like (laughs) he's just gonna try and say okay let's get our big three now let's gonna get our rings but then when they start to struggle in the regular season mostly because sometimes lebron struggles in the regular season that's like let's say let's think of it he's not a god every game let's talk about it it's not like he's putting up hard ass numbers every game like 51 points and he can't get the win no that's not how it's working He's doing decently, but it's not like he's being the driving force and he's just losing. And then he just blames all the talent around him. We need playmakers. We need more guys who can shoot. And then he throws all his teammates under the bus. He throws his coaches under the bus. The only guy who hasn't been fired, in um, a coach who hasn't been fired with LeBron on the roster, has been Eric Spolstra. And, and that's yes. because of Pat Rowley having some structure, right? Yeah, and he actually said, you know what, LeBron? No, no, we're going to go with this guy. Exactly. Because LeBron James actually complained during around the first season, right after know, the collapse, did that Eric Spolstra needed to be fired. Exactly. But since Pat Rowley has such a tight grip on the organization, him being one of the best coaches in NBA history, Lakers, he was yeah. able to basically override LeBron James, right? I think the really big key is that you need to have the spine in order to basically not acquiesce to LeBron's demands. Exactly. But really to, you know, say, here's what we're going to be doing. I don't care what you say. We're going to be treating you just like every other player, right? And I do acknowledge that LeBron is an amazing individual talent. Absolutely. He's definitely one of the top, like, three or five players of all time and he's easily. a phenomenal basketball mind of exactly course, know. like he has amazing iq he's a very very good player and everyone knows that he's the best player in the world obviously yes but you expect more and expectations are going to be higher i think that's why many people more scrutinize him a lot more mm-hmm. but the scrutiny is because you have a greater person on the player uh, like a greater player himself who can carry a team to the playoffs you expect that, no question. You expect it, obviously. And there's going to be always that attention on you. And sometimes, you know, you don't want to have all that attention on you. Right. It's okay to just say, okay, it's not all my fault, right? It, it's okay to, well, it's not okay really to just blame people. But he, he has to just understand that, okay, um, I have to place these expectations on me. All these expectations in the world, if I'm going to talk the talk, then I have to walk the walk. 
Right. And I can't just go back on my word and say something else. What I don't get right now is why doesn't Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka just do that? Why can't they just say, you know what, LeBron, it's not like LeBron can leave, first of all. Right. And it's not like Lakers fans are begging for him to come, like, oh no, LeBron, don't leave. (laughs) Come on, they really hate him right now. They don't like him at all. Like, I've talked to a couple of Lakers fans, they just just don't like LeBron. Uh, Admittedly, they like, they're kind of Kobe fans. They're kind of Kobe fans. But right now, LeBron is chasing that ghost in Kobe right now, especially when he goes to L.A. as well. Right. He's chasing the ghost of Kobe. He's chasing the ghost of MJ. I didn't even understand the move back in July. We talked about it in July, right. too. We, we talked about like, him going to Philly. Exactly. We thought Philly was the best place for him. We thought go Philly to. was going to be the good place for him. And guess what? Looks like Philly looks really good for the, like a possible finals appearance again. But I don't know why LeBron chose LA. It's probably just because I think, personally, I think that LeBron chose it because of his post-career moves. He wants to kind of brand his image a little bit more. So he Michael wants to B. Straight Jordan? Out differently. Michael B. Jordan. I, right. That's the I was like, oh my God, that's MBJ the perfect no MJ, analogy. Right? <laughs> that was the perfect analogy. And then because it was just like, oh man, my Space Jam 2 comes out. Don't worry about our record. Space Jam 2 comes out in a couple of years. Don't worry about it. You know it. what my theory is right now? I feel like all of this footage is just being collected for Space Jam 2. Honestly. It, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it could be. Maybe like, it's, like, it's been that bad. Maybe the monster is still like LeBron's talent. That's what happened. I guess that's it. Or maybe there wasn't even talent in this roster to begin with. Oh no. But actually, <laughs> that segues into another good question, right? Yes. What do you think about the young players about the in the Lakers right now? Like Josh Hart, Kuzma, Ingram? I haven't Arnold. watched most of them lately, right? Okay. And I know that like Lakers fans don't like them a lot right now. I like I just read a post earlier like this day from a Lakers fan and he said like oh Kuzma sucks right now or Hart sucks um, like Hart's a trash player he's never gonna make it and you know maybe it's just fan overreactions and it's just a cold streak so I don't know really right. I think Hart can be a decent like 3, three and D shooter I mm-hmm. think that's his ceiling right now I don't really know like I don't watch a lot of Lakers games admittedly yeah but and I like Kuzma a lot I like Kuzma a lot I think he can I don't think he's good enough to be a small ball center like Luke Walton's trying to put him in right now. He's been he's incredibly not, exposed. Yeah, he can't he can't defend like that. He's pretty much every time they put him in small ball, he'll it's just a free pass. Like yeah. the opposing center can do they can go to town with him, honestly. Like exactly. they have all their way with him. Yeah, and so like you can't he's no Draymond, he can't do that. So why he's in physical him enough too. So he's a good, like slim, basically power forward. He can just sure. be a good power forward. And maybe just a rotational forward, like, anyway, he can play small, I think. Can mm-hmm. he play small? I think he can. He has the body type for it. And I think Ingram, I love Brandon Ingram. I used to love Brandon Ingram so much because I just love his, uh, like, physical abilities. He has that KD kind of body length. And I know you've heard of it so many times, and I like to... But it's true. It's true. When I see him play, it, he looks kind of like KD out there. And hopefully he come, comes a little bit more than, like, than what we've seen so far because he hasn't turned out to be that transcendental like KD player yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that yet. But I have faith that he can has the potential to become him. Yeah. And we had a debate earlier this week and we didn't record it obviously. But I said I bro- boldly proclaimed that Brandon Ingram was better than Jason Tatum and I would rather trade for Brandon Ingram than Jason Tatum. Wow. I said that. You disagreed. I remember that. <laughs> Well, but speaking of AD trade, though, do you think that they're still going to trade for AD at this point? I think they might have to. Like, they're still, they, now they have to. Because, right. Like, 
at this point, like everyone hates each other, and you kind of say, okay, we should have done this a couple months ago. Right, and I think to answer that question, I think it's necessary to like look at how the Lakers' young guys have been progressing throughout the season. Mm-hmm. So you first talked about Josh Hart, right? Like, yeah, I loved Josh Hart. I thought he was great coming out of Villanova. He's a champion. He has a pedigree. He knows how to carry himself on the court, off the court. He can be a very good player, right? He has that green D ability. And for a while, I I thought he was a very good player in his own right. Like you know, he was providing some good defense. Yeah. He was shooting the ball at an extremely very at a very good clip too. But after the first month or so, he just started falling off incredibly too. It's like he all he forgot how to shoot really, and he's been incredibly cold for most of the season. I feel like right now he's starting to kind of pick up the slack, especially on defense. He can contribute here and there. He still hustles a lot. I respect his ability to keep on chasing, and you know, hustle and really play good basketball. He definitely seems like he's one of the type of guys that keeps on trying on the court.、Mm-hmm. He gives it his all, and he's one of the, like those glue guys. He's one of he's a guy that can develop into a very good veteran type of green D player. I think that's who could be like、yeah. one of LeBron's like vet guys in a championship team. He's、yeah. like that younger version of that mold, and I do respect his game and potential. Speaking about Lonzo Ball, though. I think、oh, I've completely forgot about yeah, Lonzo, and, and people. I guess they people have to forget about Lonzo sometimes. Right, and I think that Lonzo Ball specifically, he's very good at certain things, and he's very transcendent at them too. And those two things happen to be his passing, which we knew was incredible coming out of college, especially in transition, and also his ability to play defense, which no one saw coming. Everyone hyped him up for his ability to, you know, create plays off the ball in the yeah, half court set、passing. and to shoot. And while he has shown his ability and speed and his length in defense, and for maybe around finishing the ball, he's been incredibly woeful when it comes to shooting at the free throw line and shooting free and shooting at threes. I think that his free throw percentage right now is hovering around the forties or the fifties, which for a guard is completely unacceptable. You can't have your point guard shooting fifty percent if you want them to go to the playoffs anytime soon. Damn shameful. And also talking about the forwards, I think Kuzma, like you said, he's a very good player. I think he will be exposed on defense. He's just not playing that type of game. I also think that he he can't be a small ball center, and that's a knock on like Luke because you yeah, can't have you can't him. Can't do that. You can't have him、Warriors. flex there. He can only be like a three or a four max. Like those are his kind of natural positions,、yeah. and he's very good offensively. You know, he's put up some really good scoring outputs. His defense obviously leaves a lot to be desired, but he still gives it his all on the court. He's tried. I think that you know he knows his flaws and he's working on them very actively,、yeah. which I respect too. And Ingram specifically, I changed my mind a lot about Ingram. Before I thought that you know he was incredibly overhyped. He wouldn't be an all star. He would be like just a okay ISO player because at the beginning of the season, his splits with and without LeBron were very very shocking to me. Because when he was not on the court the same time as LeBron, he put up some very very good numbers. But on the court with LeBron, like they fell off. No, I kind of believe that would happen. Like, come on, it's LeBron. I think LeBron yeah, kind of like because like Ingram's an ISO、teams. player too. But especially since the All Star break, like Ingram's been. 
probably the second best player, or not even probably, definitely. He's been really impressive. He's shooting the ball at a great rate. You know, he's creating open looks for himself. He can pass the ball well. He's able to use his mismatch. I love like the body comparison too because yeah. many people say that like Ingram's gonna be the next KD. Mm-hmm. I don't think like he's gonna be like as physically sturdy as KD is. Yeah, okay. Because KD is like underrated for like how physical he can be in terms of finishing it at the rim. Yeah, post ups. Yeah. And posting up too. But Ingram has a really good mid-range game. He can take it to the rim too. And he's definitely someone to build upon. You can't teach length in the NBA. You really can't. You can't teach size. And looking at all those players, I mean, I do think that when it comes to AD, right, you're definitely going to have to trade at least three of those players to get Anthony Davis. I think they're going to trade them all. I think they're going to trade all of them. Yeah. They were going to include Zubac in that deal too, but I don't think it's going to... But like, looking back at the AD fiasco, right? How much do you think that was just Del Dunn's being told by the Pelicans management not to make the trade? Because, come on, they basically gave it like half the team, really. Okay, so from what I heard, I heard that Del Dunn didn't actually have control of that trade. He mm-hmm. didn't... Ownership never wanted him to actually do it. They wanted the new general manager to do it and set the tone for his new reign or tenure. Right. And Del Dumbs was going to leave no matter what this season, apparently. Yeah, that's so, confirmed too. But they just fired him early just because, I guess, the bad press from the AD stuff. And it's not even his fault. It's really AD's fault, and it's really the Lakers' fault. But, well, it's mostly AD's fault and Rich Paul's fault. But the thing is, like, that trade was never going to happen. But the thing is, publicly rejecting that big of a trade and having all the names in and basically confirmed and then rejecting it, that's a heartbreaker. First of all, because all those players, it's not like they, they're Amish or anything. They right. have phones. They can see. They can see Twitter. I can be traded. Like, you know, refresh the feed every five or so minutes. They have, they have radio. See. They know. They can hear like, oh, Kyle Kuzma might be on the move to New Orleans. They can see it. They can hear it. They know. And now that they're stuck there, they don't want LeBron anymore. How many times have their names come up? Uh, maybe sometimes. They feel betrayed too. And that's not the way to build camaraderie. They're of young course. players. They feel like they have something to play for. They thought that before they were playing for a championship. Now they're playing to basically save their careers. It became all on the individual, not the team. There's no I in team. But because of what happened, I feel like a lot of these guys have kind of been alienated and not really you know, conducive to building a good team chemistry. And the entire Lakers roster itself... It just never felt like it clicked together. It didn't like come together with the snap of a finger. It just felt like it was just a mismatch of hodgepodge pieces that were only unified under the guise of potentially contending under LeBron to go very far. But once you know LeBron went down, once AD was trying to go into the Lakers, and LeBron, I mean, we all know LeBron was trying to orchestrate that too. Like there's no question about it, right? Okay, but, first of all, once we heard Rich Paul was gonna be AD was going to sign with Rich Paul over the uh, summer. I saw all these comments like, oh, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. AD's going to join up with LeBron in LA. And I was like, come <laughs> on, what are you talking about? He's still under contract, first of all, for the next two years, so I don't get that. Maybe he's just trying to get Rich Paul and he's just going to try for an, a big extension or something. Nope. Then he would like, he literally was like, AD wants to trade. And I was like, oh, maybe they're right. And I was like, man, first of all, the fans are right? And I was like, the fans are usually never right, but they were right about this. And then, AD demanding a trade. I always thought he might have been like a lifer, 
I always kind of felt he was going to be kind of a lifer. I, I never expected this kind of move from AD or this kind of like public outburst from him. Definitely. Now I don't really like him that much. And I think his reputation's been shot ever since he had Rich Paul basically declare to the world, We're gonna, we want to trade. And it's just how he handled it too. It was right. so upsetting. Like, first of all, I don't mind players request well i sort of mind players requesting trades mm-hmm. i don't like them doing it publicly and i especially don't like it when their agent publicly declares it first of all you can make it known like okay anthony davis has pro- privately expressed his interest in being traded that's a report from like watch right right and it's just like okay maybe the front office leaked it and maybe they're just trying to get suitors in or but when you immediately do that like i want to trade it hurts your tank value. It hurts yeah. your trade value. And now your team the team's morale is shot. You basically yeah. give up your season. You make the fans exactly. get hurt. I always think free agency is the best way to go about it. I don't understand. See, now that you think of it, KD, I think, looks better in this outcome. It's not like he had to, like, thank you. Like, he served his time in, on his contract for OKC, right. and he completed it. That was it. The Thunder fans are all going to be whining about value, value. Why didn't we get any value back for KD? Well, guess what? You didn't sign him. If you signed him and traded him, then you would have gotten value, but you didn't do that. You wanted to see his value on the court, and you were willing to keep him for that amount of time. You didn't want to trade him, so why would you ever get any value for him? His value to you guys was everything he did for you on the court. Exactly. So he left on his own terms, and he decided on his place on his own. You can't have Anthony Davis demanding a trade to New to Los Angeles and just like you have to take me to LA or I'm not going anywhere else. That's just a douchey move, right? Yeah. Well, I'll go on the flip side of the argument just okay. to provide some clash because a, I think that Anthony Davis did serve his time. You know, he gave everything he had to the organization. No one expected them to basically, you know, sweep. The Portland Trailblazers, especially at the end of last season, it was incredible. Too. Even without the Marcus Cousins, Nurkic, too. Yeah, and with the Marcus Cousins, like Drew Holiday was playing at a great level. Rajon Rondo went full playoffs mode. We all know how good he is in the playoffs too. He sets up his game up like from here to like incredibly, incredibly high. Didn't him and Drew Holiday shut down uh, Damian Lillard? And Essentially, yeah. they suffocated them on defense too. And then Anthony Davis just played like Anthony Davis. You know, he gave his time. And, you know, I believe that with the Pelicans, the real reason why it didn't really pan out was because of injuries. You know, they kept trying to surround him with the right talent. They brought in Mirotic, they brought in Randall, they brought in Boogie, for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they did have pieces. Exactly. I don't know if it would be enough for a contender. Because but they tried. They age, tried. Yeah. The Warriors are just miles ahead of many other people. Exactly. But they did try. And that's exactly what I'm trying to tell you, too. Because the Pelicans... They, they, it's not like they were just rolling around doing nothing. It's just because of happenstance of where the league is at right now mm-hmm. with this insane power dynamic just being amplified way towards the Warriors. Everyone's just saying that the season's already over, like, before the season even starts. Uh-huh. And you never saw that in sports before. And that's, you know, something's off inherently. But B, the Pelicans and themselves in their own right were a pretty good team, like, when they were in full power. And so it's just unfortunate on both sides. I get why AD wanted to leave. I do agree with you insofar the fact that in the middle of the season, him requesting a trade and that to Rich Paul being the one that says it instead of him doing the speaking. That's, that's true, of, true. I didn't even think of that. I always just kind of like Rich Paul shouldn't be saying anything right now. Rich yeah. Paul shouldn't say anything. It should come from AD. And AD was like, oh, I don't have to quit, like talk to any of you. Come on, man. 
you're requesting this trade, you're creating all this media. You need to stand behind your own decisions. Exactly. If you're going to be making a move that affects a lot of how the NBA operates, that affects basically your entire life, your entire career, basically your own livelihood and ability to basically leave a legacy, you should be the one, no questions asked, to be the guy that says, hey, this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be giving full transparency and I want to be doing this thing. And it's that kind of rubbed me off the wrong way. It's, yeah, it's a mature thing to do. I don't even know if he disclosed it to his teammates. I'm not really sure. I don't know if he actually did that. But it also affects his teammates too. Now they go from a possible trying to be a fringe contender kind of team. Now they're going to tank. And probably Drew Holiday might be shipped off. We already saw Nikola Mirotic being shipped off. Right, to and, the Bucks too. Yeah. So basically, they're going to strip down that team. They're going to basically build it up with probably maybe Lonzo Kuzma. <laughs> and then like... And they're going to build something new. And now you're affecting every other player's life. You're not only affecting your life. You're not only affecting this GM and the entire media. You're affecting a lot of different people. There's so many different players that have to go in motion for this to happen. And it's just it's hard to hear. And it's, it feels like, and it also feels like because, well, we kind of know LeBron might be behind some of this. That it's just like... What was LeBron thinking? Is he just thinking for himself in this, like, I need AD to win. I don't care what we have to do. I don't care who we have to, like, trade or, like, move, basically, alter lives for. I want him here. And then they might not even be good anyway because LeBron is aging, and AD has not been that good right now. Right. And to be fair, if I was any player in the league, not just LeBron James, but just any player in the league, I would understand why I'd be traded for Anthony Davis because yeah, he's, he's just on a different level. He's an, an incredible player. Even Jason Tatum said, like, I'd trade myself for Anthony Davis. Exactly. And that's Jason Tatum too. He's a pretty good player. He's pretty good. Right. pretty good. And people get it. Like, he's a good player. I mean, you would want to get him whenever you can. But I feel like the way that I was going about it in terms of, you know, LeBron taking responsibility for the team we're all getting crushed. Everyone is kind of tiptoeing about it. It's just everyone walking on thin ice too with the Lakers, especially after that entire fiasco and like the trade that didn't really work out in their favor. Mm-hmm. You can tell that the team just kind of broke apart. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of which, looking at the Lakers' future, like especially after the Lakers close off a very disappointing season this year and look ahead for the next three years of the LeBron in LA era, oh, what do you think about the team where do you think it's going to be headed? Any moves are going to be made? Or what's going to essentially occur with the front office or the coaching? Give me your thoughts. Look, I was never very high on LeBron's Lakers like legacy because I didn't think they were going to win any championships anyway. I barely even thought Cleveland was going to win any. Well, I kind of felt like the first year, basically, I thought, you know, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, they're making the damn super team out there. They're going to win again. <laughs> and then the Warriors came and they destroyed all of that, basically. And now, but now LeBron, it doesn't feel like he's getting anywhere with this Lakers team. It feels like his twilight years. And instead of aging gracefully into it, he's being an angry old coot and he's trying to, like, destroy everything that the Lakers have been building towards. And now the team is in shambles. And now that young developing Lakers core that was trying to get past the post-Kobe years, right? Because Kobe was basically the angry old coot on the bench who wanted just a legacy, like, give me, shower me roses and all that crap while I retire. And they had to carry his massive bloated contract (laughs) while he aged, like, badly. And then he... When he finally retired, they can be like, finally, we can rebuild, right? right. Now we get Lonzo, now we get Kuzma, now we get Ingram, and now we're getting, like, we set. 
But now LeBron comes in and he's going to be like, no, screw that. He's going to get rid of them all. And now he's going to angrily age into retirement. He might, he's probably going to decline. Let's, let's face it. He's not like, he's been unstoppable lately. And he's been like a physical freak, basically. He's a great... Like, he's a force of nature, by all means considered. But the thing is, he has a like expiration date. He's going to age out of it. And eventually, they're going to regret that contract. He's not even that big of a star like Kobe was. So then, like people are not going to like pay thousands of dollars to go to his game eventually. And then he's just going to... like Once he retires, and probably everyone's already gone again, they're just going to have to rebuild again. build new, Get new Lonzo, get new Kuzma, get new Ingram. And then... I don't know when the Lakers are going to actually be contenders, but I don't think it's going to be with LeBron. You know, looking at the Lakers, just looking at the absolute monstrosity of this season, and I don't use this word slightly, yeah. you expect a lot more from a LeBron James-led team. This is a team that for the past few years, especially like at least the past seven or eight years at this point, have been making the finals consistently. Literally makes the finals like for the past eight years. I don't think it's been since like 2010 or something like that that we've seen the LeBron team, James team. Right, ever since 2011 and beyond, you've always seen LeBron contending in the playoffs, at least in going to the finals. And okay, it's the West, right? I'll give you that. There's a lot more competition over there. And that's a concern for LeBron all along. People are like, he can't make it out West. And yeah, maybe they were right. And, you know, I see those concerns. I even think that most Lakers fans and even the front office themselves knew that they weren't going to be able to beat the Warriors this year. It's, it's just not possible. Yeah. So you want to just basically get to the playoffs at least, right? At least be in the top eight of the West with LeBron freaking James. It's, it's not that hard, really. Mm, but yeah. you see it completely fall apart, too. And a lot of it is because of the injury. I will grant that. But also, if you were a playoff team in the first place, you wouldn't have performed as bad as you did against those teams. Because let's face it, they had some really, really easy games they could have beat against some really bad teams. Like, if you look at the Lakers' record against the bottom table of the entire NBA, they've completely dropped the games to them. Like, they've lost against the, the Cavaliers, they lost against the Suns, the Grizzlies, they lost against the Hawks. I mean, looking at all of these bottom four teams, basically, you'd expect that the a LeBron like handpicked team would have the talent and the capability of you know defeating these tanking teams that are only playing for an, a, a lottery pick. Really, he, all he had to do is make the AFC, then people would have been like, "Wow, that's pretty impressive." But the thing is, he's now losing to tanking teams. That's even worse. It's like it's a an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. Right. And, like, people were saying, oh, this is a reaction, like, keep the same energy for next year. And while I do, as a neutral basketball fan, want to give the benefit of the doubt to LeBron and say, I want the Lakers to be competitive because that would be good for the NBA inherently. Like, this is one of the most storied franchises in the history of the league. And having them be good is just good for basketball as a whole. Because more competitive teams basically means better competition it begets better basketball and better entertainment for the fans Mm -hmm. and yeah more parody exactly but as you were saying before i don't see a path in which they can recover from this and this is might be a very very you know permanent this is like a very strong premonition and a feeling that i may look very wrong in looking at the future or maybe very right but that's what it takes it for exactly but this is going to be like a relatively hot take I don't see the Lakers ever winning a championship, 
le- much less going to a finals with LeBron James. Oh, co- yeah, that's yeah. Add me in on that hot take. That's not a hot take for me. That's a that's a well reasonable, like, analytical take. They are not reaching the finals with LeBron James on that roster. And here's the reason why, right? Barring, uh, barring these two factors, right? Let's say a LeBron gets All Star help in the form of maybe Kevin Durant, for example, Kyrie Irving, or Kawhi Leonard, or Clay Thompson. God knows, really. Yeah. Like unless some of those guys come to the Lakers, or B, we see Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, at least maybe like one or two of them develop into fringe or perennial All Star players. They basically have to explode into the Warriors. Basically. Yeah, they basically have to become like a, a super team by acquisition and free agency or they developed their players right. Yeah. And to contend against those two points, I have this. A, against the fact again that the fact that they could, you know, recruit people who would want to play in a team with LeBron James after all of the exactly like the cacophony yeah. that has occurred this year. LA's a big market. People don't want to play in New York in the past because of the tabloids and all the media and really all the negative energy. It's not much better with the Lakers too. You're gonna to still have that same scrutiny. You're gonna basically be under higher expectations too, and that can take a toll on players who just want to, you know, have a you know solid path towards a championship, and not get focused or scrutinized or criticized too much off of it. And B, looking at the player development aspect, the Lakers just aren't really doing good with player development. Let, yeah. Let's face it, it's not good, it's not working out. Not good like, coaching, not good development, not good. They, they've been drafting good players for sure. Like I think that drafting Ingram was the right move, but there were definitely better players out there that went later in that draft. And also, Kuzma was a really good pickup. Hart was a really good pickup too. Yeah, they're, they're all they're all like serviceable to very good NBA players. Like they belong in the league for sure. But you need to make them develop too. Maybe they just have hit their ceiling. But also, you need to make them improve as a basketball player too. Like, everything we've seen from these players have been either things that A, they've already had before, like Ingram always had length, Hart always had the shooting, Kuzma always had the offensive capability to create a shot at any given moment, and Lonzo always had the ability to pass, right? But B, they just aren't like capitalizing and making them like, you know, become more better at the things they're not good at. They're and not growing in there. They're not growing. And I think two examples that stand out to me for how, why the Lakers' development is so bad is D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, I think we're going to get to that at another time, though. But I think they really did stun their development. Right. And seeing how D'Angelo Russell, like, as an example, right, how he became very good with the Nets, we didn't see that at all on the Lakers. Like, he had good scoring games from time to time. But the defensive effort wasn't there. The ability to pass and create, it, it just wasn't, you know, present and within him. And I think the Lakers had something to do with it. Because maybe it's the fact that LA in of itself is just a very easy place to be distracted because it's LA for crying out okay. loud. Yeah, I guess you can throw in that. Yeah. yeah, but also, I think the Lakers have made a career out of getting players at or near their prime. And maybe that's just what's going to be happening too. Maybe the Los Angeles Lakers, as we know it, are always just going to be a team that picks up players at around their prime or at the twilight. And we just see them try and contend and go far. But I don't know if it's going to be the same as those Kobe Shaq years with LeBron James, a 34-year-old LeBron James, mind you. And he's only just going to get older. And we've seen that Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell, they've shined on different teams. So 
maybe development is to blame. Right. But I think we've trashed the Lakers far enough so, for today. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a great, another great conversation with you, Vivek. Absolutely. And the last time we trashed a team like this, it was the 2018-2019 Patriots. So maybe they will make a finals after all. You never know. You never know. We could end up looking like one of, like, Nostradamus, or we could end up looking like incredible idiots off of this. But, but I, 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 think we, I think we have a good... But I think the way we're going, I think we have the way this team is going, we can't conclude that. So anyways, that's it for me. I'm Vivek. I'm Matthew. And we're signing off. We hope you have a great day or night. And, you know, keep listening to our podcast. Keep enjoying sports. And as always, have a great time. We'll see you later. Go Warriors!